This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. About time that I got my respect. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. When it gets good, it gets good, and boy, then it turns bad. You know, I got three words to say going into this, and I dare say it might be the title of the podcast this week. Down, distance, situation. It's important for a football team to know what to do. That's a proper down, distance, and situation. That dictates what the right thing to do is. And we're going to talk about that because no matter how you cut it, how you slice it, and how you look at it, the Browns, inevitably, in the last minute and 55 seconds of that game, did none of the right things. I mean, sure didn't. Holy Christ, man, that was a game you were supposed to win. You were up 17 points. Or was it 16, 13? I don't know how fucking many points. Well, it, All was, I know, it was 13. 13 points with a minute 55 left. You don't lose that game. That's two scores. How does that happen? Well, if you want to know how that happens and you, you didn't watch the game, go back and watch a replay of that game and you'll see exactly how that happens. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast where we're talking about last Sunday's game when the Browns hosted the New York Jets. And the Browns looked good for, geez, what? 58 58 minutes. minutes. 58 minutes, man. They looked just fine. The Ravens. uh, Well, I I shouldn't say that because the the, the Browns secondary looked like crap mostly all day. Let's just be fair. Let's be fair. There's a problem with the Browns secondary. I don't think it's the players. My personal assessment, I think it's scheme. A lot of people are saying that now. They're crying for Joe Wood's job. Uh, At this point in the season, I don't think you got a plug-in replacement for your defensive coordinator unless he gets pig-headed about it and won't change. I don't think you're going to see that happen. No, Um, I don't think you're going to see. You know, Ravens gave up a 21-point lead. Well, yeah, but listen. Also, I I just want to say this. The Ravens were facing a quarterback, much maligned quarterback. A lot of people would say is not as good as he was assessed to be. But I'm telling you right now that Tua Tagovailoa is the real fucking deal. Okay? Dude. Yeah, and we just found out last Sunday, didn't we? No, we didn't. No, a lot of people just found out, but I didn't. I knew it all along. I remember watching him when he was Bama's quarterback, and I knew he was the real deal. Okay, so it had a great day that day. 
well, he's he's had quite a few great days. The the Dolphins were in the playoffs last year, guys. Okay, I'm I, okay. They were one and done, but uh, the Dolphins were in the playoffs. Okay, and it was really only Coach Flores's dislike of Tua for some reason. Don't know why. Um, but that 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 he kept playing Fitzpatrick over Tua. It wasn't that Tua was performing that awfully bad. Yeah, they lost some games, yeah. but none of those were necessarily totally attributable to the quarterback. And and look, in the right offensive scheme, that kid can shine because if he's got nothing else, he's got an arm. And somebody, somebody, no somebody today actually took video highlights of the the Miami Dolphins. Say, you want to know what Tua would look like if he was a right armed quarterback? And they just flipped the video so everything was backwards, and then you can see Tua play right handed. <laughs> it, it looked funny. just as good too. <clears throat> no, I I doubt that not one bit. Yeah, it looked just as good doing it with the right hand. So I'm I'm just saying, and you know, there's always been a knock on left-handed quarterbacks. You've only had a few that were terribly successful, Boomer Esiason being one of the most notable ones. But left-handed quarterbacks obviously get <clears> the <throat> opposite spin on the ball. It makes their ball. Uh, I guess, you know, before you've practiced with them, a little harder to catch for the receivers. But once they've caught on, it can add a little bit of spice in terms of a defensive back trying to pick them off. Okay, so uh, left-handed quarterback ain't a bad thing. But no. enough talk about Tua. Let's talk about these fucking Browns, man. What the hell happened? Well, I mean, I think we all know what happened. They they fell apart after 58 minutes, pretty much. Uh, the what, defense. What was the fall apart, though? <clears throat> See, there's the controversy. <clears throat> I, I, because I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this. So uh-huh. We can get started. Everybody, the whole fall apart thing. The secondary played bad most of the game. Okay, we had some things in there that could have prevented us having to have that last drive of defense. But the prevent defense is number one for me. I I just. You don't play a game of Madden that way. You forty. No. They had 45, 50 <clears throat> yards to defend, okay? And they played prevent. After the first two big chunks of yardage went, it should have stopped, okay? If you're playing prevent with that much time, half of a field, you're basically conceding the red zone. It's a prof- another professional team you're playing against. It's impossible you're going to keep them out of the red zone if they're doing any somewhat of what they're supposed to and you just yeah. sit there and play prevent now prevent yeah. a whole field now i could see if we had a if there was maybe a minute left to play in a whole field they had to go and we decided to try to play prevent okay because then you could limit the big plays and try to have them just eat their clock up before they can get close enough to do anything but a field goal okay yeah but you know, that's pre- not what the situation was we had half a field a professional team and a veteran quarterback who's savvy. Okay, guys, listen, let, let me just, let me, okay. I, I know that you guys are certainly aware of pro football talk with Mike Florio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and listen, if you want, if you want a heady analysis of the game on the day after it's been played, I, I don't think there's any better duo that you can go to than Mike Florio and Chris Sims. You're going to get, the real deal, the real mm-hmm. talk about what happened. So here's a, here's as good an explanation in writing as I've seen. Okay. So here's the situation. 
The Browns led 24 to 17, and the Jets took their final timeout with 2.09 to play. The problems actually began when running back Kareem Hunt took a second and six carry from the New York 24 down to the 12. Hunt failed to stay in bounds, stopping the clock at 2.02. If Hunt had right. stayed in bounds, if Hunt had stayed in bounds, the clock would have run down to the two minute warning. The clock would have stopped. And as everyone who plays Madden knows, Three victory formation kneel downs would have chewed up the final 120 seconds. Instead, the Browns had to run a play, first and 10 on the 12. Chubb got the ball on a handoff. He made a cut to the outside and got to the corner. Inside the five, he cut back inside. Instead of just laying down at the two, he walked into the end zone. He didn't need to go down. With the clock stopping for the two-minute warning, Chubb could have, should have ducked out of bounds inside the two. If Chubb had done it, the game would have been over after three successful kneel downs. Instead, Chubb scored. The rookie kicker, Cade York, missed the extra point. Then no one bothered to cover Corey Davis on a 64-yard catch and run from Joe Flacco. Then the Jets recovered an onside kick. And then the Jets drove down the field and scored, winning the game. Okay, again, and all of these things had to happen. Now, okay. So water under the bridge, Chubb didn't get out of bounds. Water under the bridge, I mean, water under the bridge, Hunt didn't get out of bounds. Water under the bridge, Chubb didn't go down or go out of bounds before scoring the touchdown. Any professional football team ought to be able to hold on to a 13-point lead for a minute and 55 seconds. No shit. And and here's the bad part. Okay. So the coverage was blown, okay, on the touchdown. But at the minute you have this blown coverage that allowed the touchdown, how do you come back after then losing the ensuing onside kick to the opposing team? How do you then come back and play prevent defense? Oh, I in, in, in the loose manner in which they did. Listen, this wasn't in the loose manner they did, yeah. This wasn't where they were playing prevent defense and giving them everything, you know, 15 yards and, and below and then really no. locking down and then really locking down the backfield. So you couldn't no. get anything long. That's you not what this was. And then when you oh. got, oh, listen, and when you got that, that poor performance, I mean, piss poor performance that the Browns put on in the last minute, 55 of that game, specifically defensively, although special teams, come on, Amari Cooper. You got to have better hustle than that. Okay. That there was absolutely no sense of urgency. I've watched it again and again and again to see is it just my eyes fooling me or was Amari like, yeah, well, it's a ball. You know, how am I trying to get it? He looked, he looked like a, like a deer in the headlights. He looked lethargic as he was going for the ball. It was terrible. It was the worst. And by the way, Amari Cooper has come out and said, hey, my fault. I should have got that. Okay. I get that. But what we don't need, what we don't need to hear as fans in Cleveland is players telling us what they should have done. I need to see them going out there and doing what they're supposed to do. What's the old Bill Belichick motto? Just do your job. Okay. And and let me tell you something. If any defensive back on the Cleveland Browns thinks that what they were doing out there on those last two Jets drives was their job, they should be summarily dismissed because to hear Joe Johnson and uh, and and Ward 
sit up there and try to cast blame on. Well, it wasn't just one of us. It was all of us. No, it was your ass, you dumbass. You had the coverage or you didn't have the coverage. One or the other. That okay? is the, that's the problem. I got to interject here. That's the problem. The green dot, what uh, Woods is doing with the green dot is he's switching it. He doesn't have it just on the middle linebacker and or okay, a safety. Okay, he's okay. switching it up simultaneously oh. between multiple players, per, and no but, one knew who was. But the no green, but wait, the, Hugh, Hugh, the green dot, the green dot stays with the same player for each game. Okay, you can't I'm just. Okay, listen, you can't switch the green dot during a game. Whoever had the green dot was the green dot for that game. Okay. I'm telling you right now that the communication was a, there was a okay, breakdown. Hugh, it doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck how Joe Woods does the green dot. If that's how he does it, he's been doing it for some time. And these players ain't no fucking body new here. Okay. I don't think it's the players, dude. Dude, uh, Listen. Joe Woods did not get burnt for that fucking touchdown. And I'm telling okay. you, it wasn't Denzel okay. Ward's fault. Okay. Bullshit. If he was a goddamn defensive back on the Cleveland Browns, who was on that side of the field, it was his fucking fault. It and later for these goddamn it. players not owning what the hell they're getting paid for. And Miles Garrett, of all goddamn people to come out and say, well, I think the biggest thing that was bad about this game was the boos coming from the fans. The fuck it was. No fans would have been booing. No fans would have been booing had you guys played I'm gonna, like you're supposed to. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna say some things here, okay? I'm Please. I'm kind of trying to let you guys go. Yeah. Um, one, okay, I, I, I agree in the fact that, one, I, one I'll say this. I've kind of liked some of the player responses, not necessarily Garrett's response, just some of them in the fact that they're not like brushing it off and they're saying, look, we did do bad. Okay. They're acknowledging it. Okay. The other is I agree. I don't think it was all Ward's fault because I get some of it. I haven't actually been able to look at the plays themselves and see, try to decipher whether I can see where the breakdown is to try to confirm anything. But he's also got to have some fault in it. I mean, you can't allow a play like that and then like, oh, it's not my fault. I'm sorry. It just don't work that way. They should have never got the they should have never been in position to kick the onside kick. All you got to do That's is look at pre, all you got to do, though, is look pre-snap at that. And Ward had the coverage on that receiver. As wide open as that guy was, there's two guys that are at fault. There's the safety who had the over-the-top coverage, and there's the cornerback who had the man-on-man coverage. Okay. Now was that Delpit? Was that Delpit or Johnson? It's Johnson because, and I tell you why you know it's Johnson because he's the one coming up saying it's all of us. It's not just one of us. <laughs> that's the guy. <laughs> I tell you, the guy who says that. That's the guy. Okay. Uh, all right. It's all of us. <laughs> well, now what I wanted to get to, and the rest of it though, uh -huh. is you commenting on like fans and the booze or fans of look fans are going to boo when they see bad. I'm going right. to comment on something. I talked to somebody, right. And she's a female. She didn't really watch football much. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I was explaining to her, cause you know, she didn't really watch. She was like, she's like, so like the Falcons. Right. Cause I'm explaining the situation. She I almost booed when much, you said like, so like the, like the Falcons, but okay. So like the Falcons, <laughs> oh, well, the Super Bowl, the Falcons, the Super Bowl, they gave up so much. Yeah. Right. They right. misplayed everything. You can't pick one thing they misplayed. There was so many misplays. There was so many. That's okay? right. 
that's what that Browns game was. There was so many misplays. Okay, well, you but, trying to but let's one. just take it. Let's just take it right back to the ultimate responsibility, and that is the head coach of this freaking team, who in the situation he knew. Listen, I don't know what the Browns have in terms of normal drill words. Okay, but I know you've heard quarterbacks come up and kill, 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 <laughs> and different things. But but I've heard numerous players and numerous ex coaches and everything kind of basically look at this game and take in summary some of the things they they could have done. Rex Ryan explained it real simple. He said, look, when when you're in the situation of a game and time is more important than scoring, what your quarterback does is when he calls the play, he'll say Rolex, Rolex, or Timex, Timex. Okay, so everybody knows now time is the key. We want to burn as much time. So then a running back just knows when you're under Timex drill that you're going to stay in bounds, you're going to go down, you're not going to score. Okay? This is where the, the Browns appear not to have <clears throat> contingencies in place for these game situations. But the bottom line, and I said these three words on the way in, down-distance situation. Whose job is it to monitor down-distance situation and make sure that the right play goes in with the right instructions to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. That's the goddamn head coach. That's who that is. Okay? There, there's literally a play that they use for that situation, and it's called no mas. Okay. No mas. Well, there you go. And it, uh, it was clearly not called. Okay. No. Nope. I got Kevin Stefanski saying, I wish I'd have told Chubb to go down. Okay? No shit. No shit. I wish you had to. Okay, because because we wouldn't have had to see that damn absolutely inept display of of defensive coverage. Okay, but what should be of more concern to us is that we got we're going in we're we're getting ready to host the Steelers and our our defensive line is decimated. Okay. No shit. Jadavian Clowney's not going to be playing. It's high likelihood that Miles Garrett's not going to play. Okay. So you're going to have Perry on Winfrey back in the lineup, and we're really going to need him because we need some push somewhere. Okay. Uh, the yeah, bottom, right. the bottom damn line is, is that Jacoby Brissett had an, a stellar performance. Given, given, listen, given what the upper ceiling of his capabilities are to do. I think you saw the best you can get from Jacoby Brissett on Sunday. The problem is it all got all shitted with this damn interception he threw at the end, trying to make something happen, get into field goal range after we had given up a touchdown, an onside kick, and another fucking touchdown. And let me tell you something. The last touchdown where he split our fucking safeties like they weren't there, okay, right. was more insulting than the wide open one, because at least you could. I mean, Joe Flacco couldn't believe his guy was that wide open. He hesitated throwing the ball because he's like, I got to not be seeing something. And he was like, nope, nope, that's it. And he that's threw it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you were not mistaken, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's just the damnedest thing. But but all I'm saying is this as a Browns fan. I Listen, I don't want to hear fans saying, I would have never told Chubb to go down. That You don't do that. The hell you don't. If the down, distance, and game situation indicates that the right thing to do is take a knee and then 
run the clock out, then that's what you damn well do. But it's the head coach's job to make sure that his team is on the same page and does that. I do not blame Nick Chubb for not going down. No, I do not blame. I do not blame Kareem Hunt for not getting out of bounds. I blame the head coach who insists on calling all the plays as if he's the offensive coordinator not being focused on what he should be focused on. And see, you got a defensive coordinator who calls the defensive plays. you got an offensive coordinator who calls or should call the offensive plays and a game manager and time manager, which is the head coach. That's his job. That's his job. That's like his, that's the paramount part of his job. Right. And I'm just going to say this, just do your job. Okay. Just do your job. Do your job. do your job, Kevin. Just do your well, job. The other thing that I was gonna um kind of similar to what you're saying right now is I mean all those things consider all those different things that couldn't happen, like you're saying. I can't really why why blame the players for scoring a touchdown quickly when the probability to win was still ridiculous. We had a ninety nine point eight probability to win. Okay? Well that no, that was before the touchdown. That was before the touchdown, Jeff. Okay. Yeah, that was before the touchdown. Was, After yeah, the touchdown, was, I think it was 99.4. Okay. <laughs> it was after we scored our touchdown or before yeah, they no, scored Yeah, no, before theirs. we scored our touchdown. Before we scored our touchdown, we had a 99.8% chance to win. Just 0.2%. Okay. That was the old, that was what they had there. But here's the thing. And I think Robert Sala said it best. In his post-game conference. Oh, yeah. Because you saw, listen, the guy missed the tackle on Chubb going into the end zone. Okay? He said it's the best missed tackle that ever happened because, honestly, that was our only chance to win that game. He said, I've never been so happy for a missed tackle in my life. Yeah, <laughs> there well, you and, go. And, well, and what I'm, my point to that is this. They weren't even aware that that's how they should play. They weren't trying to let Chubb get in there. Chubb fought to get in there. Okay, he yeah, that was he a legit play. Okay, yeah. he got in there. They didn't let him get in there. And what I'm saying is, even a 99.4. Okay, you shouldn't lose the game. No, no okay? there's no, no way. I mean, there's no way. But but again, this is also one of the compelling arguments for why, when you're in that situation, with the team has taken their last timeouts and you're inside of two minutes, why? going down and taking the seven point win was in fact the thing to do because even though you had that low probability and the the idea that all the things that would have to happen for the Jets would to win could even happen okay but there's always that one if there's a point one percent chance that that can happen do you want to have to live down if it happens, because Kevin Stefanski is, and I know hindsight for him is, I wish I'd have just told him to get the fuck down. I know. I would not be having the these conversations. I would not be having these conversations with you now. Right. Because he saw how they played the whole game. Why you, what is your brain on? What's your mind on that you can't, like, dude, do you not know how much time is on the clock and what your defensive backfield did the entire game? And now you're going to let that happen. Okay, I'm guys, gonna- I, I got a piece I want I want to read for you, and it's something to think about. Now you know the Colts got got shut out by the Jaguars, right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they they, they didn't score a fucking point. Okay, 
and nobody's seat is in, in the NFL. And by the way, that's how this article opens up. I'm going to read you the headlines by a, a guy named John Bueller, and it's on the uh, NFL fan-sided pod, uh, website. Frank Wright and Kevin Stefanski coached like they want to be fired in week two. Like they want, okay, so yeah, they coached like they wanted to be fired. Nobody's seat is hotter in the NFL than Indianapolis coach, uh, head coach Frank Reich after his latest Duval disaster. Reich entered the season on the hot seat, but he might actually end up being the first NFL head coach fired this season. Indianapolis was seen as the favorite to win the AFC South this year. Unfortunately, the Colts have no clue whatsoever how to play competent football in Jacksonville. His former head coach, Doug Peterson, ate his lunch all afternoon long and was so it was so unbelievably bad. Let's see who joins Reich on the worst list to be an NFL head coach through the first two weeks. Cleveland Browns collapsing versus the New York Jets puts Kevin Stefanski on notice. Though we have Though we still have the late afternoon window and three additional primetime games to dissect with a tr- what a train wreck it was for Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns this weekend. It doesn't matter that they will be without Deshaun Watson for most of the season. You have to beat the flightless New York Jets at home, especially when they are quarterbacked by Joe freaking Flacco. At one time, he used to be elite, but Flacco no longer is. Cleveland was leading 30-17 to 17 at home to gang green with less than two minutes left in the ballgame and lost. After a Nick Chubb rushing touchdown, Cade York missed a point after a Tim Flacco would connect to Corey Davis on the second play of the ensuing drive to make it 30-24. to 24. The Browns after the made PAT. Then chaos took the wheel. New York recovered an onside kick with one minute left. <clears throat> Flacco found rookie Garrett Wilson on what was the game-winning touchdown after after that made PAT, Cleveland got the ball back and then threw an interception to seal their fate. Trust me, this was some Atlanta Falcons nonsense of epic proportions in Cleveland. Given that Jimmy Haslam will fire a coach, <laughs> Stefanski is on the hot seat. You have to beat teams who are worse than you at home if you want to keep your job in the NFL. I don't think he's on the hot seat yet. You, 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 you think that Jimmy Haslam has changed, do you? Do you? No, I just. Okay, I just well, then, then, then Kevin Stefanski is on the hot seat, dude. Jimmy, Jimmy Haslam looks at that. You're lucky Kevin Stefanski wasn't fucking fired that day. Let him no, go out and shit a brick. Let him go <clears throat> out and shit a brick tomorrow on Thursday night. Listen, that is not going to happen. First of all. The only way he's going to be on the hot seat is if we don't have a winning record at the end of this season. He ain't going to okay. be on the hot seat. Let him go out and shit a brick like that on Thursday night. Let them lose uh, that game because of some stupid coaching decision. Go ahead. Let it happen. And you tell me about what Jimmy Haslam will do or not do. I'm sorry, man. Uh, okay. Continue the Cleveland culture. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm, what has Jimmy Haslam done to indicate to you that he has changed in any way, shape, or form as it relates to the subject of either firing coaches or just not knowing what the fuck he's doing when it comes to the position of quarterback? I don't know one way or the other. I just know. I know this. I Jimmy Haslam has done nothing, that. has done nothing has done nothing 
to indicate to anyone that he has changed his ways in terms of being too hands-on when it comes to the idea of who's playing quarterback for the team, and he'll fire a guy in a goddamn minute. Here's, now, here's my thing. Hugh Jackson, mm. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackson should have been fired. Freddie yeah. Kitchens never should have been hired. Okay? This should be Kevin Stefanski's fourth season with the Browns. But it's not. And that's all say, Jimmy Haslam, guys. Right. I'm going to say this. I do. Do I feel. I feel like. I mean, properly explained. Do I feel there's a possibility that Kevin could be on the hot seat? Yes. If we can lose games like that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> if we're losing, I, I don't think he'll be on the hot seat if we're, if we win some games and the games we lose, okay, we just weren't competitive in, in the sense where it's like, man, we wish we had Watson. Or right. I'm like talking that. about boneheaded okay? bullshit. I'm talking about we, boneheaded right. bullshit. If we lose like we did last week. Yeah. More. You're getting ready to be on national television. I can definitely see You're getting ready to be on national television, Amazon Prime. The whole world's going to watch your ass on Thursday night. Go ahead and shit a brick like that in front of the, in front of the nation against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are not very good, guys. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I I just don't see him doing it midseason. I I can't. Even Haslam, I don't see him doing that. Why wouldn't you? He fired fired Hugh Jackson. He fired Hugh Jackson eight games in. Why are you going to disrupt a season with a possibility? Why did he do it the year he did? Why did he do it the year he did? Who are you talking about? Hugh Jackson. He fired him eight games in. I'll put it this way. I'll answer. Well, Hugh Jackson's entirely different story. He was no shit Hugh the Jackson whole time. was doing boneheaded shit on the field. No, coaches no, were more than one game or two games. Okay, what I'm telling you, you just had the Jets. If Kevin Stefanski brings his ass out on Thursday night and doesn't make the right down distance and situation call, and it costs us the game, that's two. I I'm just that's saying two. it's not going to be again. Okay, all you got to do is get to three. Okay, I'm going to give you three. You got three so shots stupid. at this, buddy. <laughs> well, look. Uh, all I'm telling you is Jimmy Haslam has said to Kevin Stefanski in no uncertain terms, that's one. <laughs> I just okay. say it. That's right. Okay, I, I feel you okay. on that one. Well, look, I'm going to put it this way. Do I feel like they should disrupt the, the chemistry? Well, you have a new quarterback. You're going to – Watson's coming, okay? But nobody's sitting here sold on Brissett or nothing, okay? Watson's going to be coming, okay? If you're eight games in and this team's not competitive and Jimmy's just like, yeah, I'm not feeling Kevin anymore. I could see him doing it. Why not? You're going to have a new and quarterback coming in. And then you bring a whole in. new playbook in. Oh, that's going to be wonderful. But you have a new quarterback coming in. It's not like the same situation with Baker where we're like, oh, you're giving Baker another coach again. I mean, I mean. Yeah, by, the way, by the way, let's go back to the year that he fired Hugh Jackson. They didn't change the whole playbook for the final eight games, Hugh. They went with the same playbook. And by the way, they won seven of eight. What I'm saying is you're going to have a new quarterback anyway. That's your biggest hurdle of changing head coach is the quarterback. Okay. Well, if you're going to, if you, you get in a, your new quarterbacks coming in anyway, if Kevin's just not doing it so much that you want to fire him, I could see of any t- 
times where there could it could happen. I could see it happening more this season than any because you got a quarterback coming in. It's like, well, it's a perfect time to get rid of you. He can go ahead and get a couple and get a half a season with this guy and we can get into next season and you'll already have some familiarity going. Well, I guess anything's possibly in the NFL. Okay, but let's not waste a whole podcast talking about what dumbasses they were this last Sunday. Let's talk about some (laughs) other issues. Um, Perry on Winfrey Winfrey did not play on Sunday because he was under discipline. Uh, He was benched disciplinarily. Well, Perry on Winfrey talked to reporters today. Okay, let's hear what he had to say. Ah, let's hear that. Oh, yeah, I'm back with the team. Is this something that got your attention, though? I wouldn't say it had my attention because I was locked in before. I would just say this puts me in a different headspace and a different area of focus. Miles referenced you need to act more professional. Would you agree with that? Uh, I would say uh, every rookie coming into an organization learns things that they need to do and learns things that they shouldn't do. And I feel like people of my age or people that are older than me or in my same age bracket, we're all going through the same struggles of learning where you need to be and how you need to be there. So I would say becoming a pro is something that every rookie learns how to do. When you say every young guy and rookie has to be a pro, not everyone gets a lot of practice and right. not playing the game. So did you feel like you deserve that kind of punishment? I mean, different strokes, different folks. Every rookie goes through something different, and this is something that I had to go through along my journey, and the other rookies are on their journey. So at, at one point, and, and, and you get this, and see, he's going to learn. Now, I just love these guys, and they try to mm-hmm. weasel words, okay? It's like yeah. every rookie every rookie goes through this. Well, wait, the other rookies, though, they didn't get held out of practice and, and, and benched during the game. Well, yeah, but that's my journey. Well, wait a minute. You just said it was fucking everybody, dude. What the fuck are you saying? Okay, I know. anyway. I will say this, though. <laughs> I do like his responses because he could have got – he could have said something cross to the guy when he sat there and said, is this? Is yeah, he held something. Oh, yeah, they, they, they told him, yeah, you like, better be polite. I mean, you better be polite. He indicated yeah. that he was learning, that he was, this is right. something new. I don't know. I yeah. wish they would have told us what the fuck he did, because you I, can only I, speculate. I, I, don't you want to know? I want to know, man. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would suspect it's this. I would, honestly, if I'm to suspect something out of so, how simple it probably was is, he probably had a complaint with the fact that he wasn't out there as many downs as he wanted to be. Maybe that was oh, it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Gets. I'm thinking he was late to a meeting or he didn't do enough film time. That's my thoughts. Okay. Yeah, that that's my thoughts. What are you going to hold a guy out well. for? You know, if like I told you, two hours of film room a day. This is the third day you hadn't done it. Okay, you like, ain't dude, playing. you're making money. It's your job. But <laughs> But the bottom line is whatever it was, it was a repeated situation where Kevin Stefanski stepped in and said, you know, that's how you're going to do it. You're going to watch the game just like the fans. There you go. And, and, and so, so, hey, in one sense, you know, you're praised Kevin Stefanski because you have to have discipline. Okay. Right. Oh, but, yeah. but what I want Kevin Stefanski to be is disciplined in his own regard in terms of down, distance and situation situational football is listen do you know how okay so here we are going into thursday night we're going against the steelers any game against the steelers whether the steelers are good or bad they're going to be up with their best game of the year against the browns okay we're going in there without Clowney, 
possibly without Garrett, definitely without Batonio. Okay. Right. And, and the nice part is, is we're probably going to have Jack Conklin back. Okay. That's good. But you, you, know, can't, you can't afford in this situation where you don't have your starting quarterback for the first 11 weeks, right? You can't afford to let a game that you should have won get away. No, you, you, and, and this is a divisional game. And, and we all know that when the Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers play, you can throw stats out the window. It's going to be a hell of a game, no matter how bid, bad Pittsburgh is or how bad we are. But we talked so, about, we've talked about the schedule and how the first four weeks is where you need to compile some wins. True. Because true. It, gets, was, it, it just, gets to be hell after that. No shit. Jets was an easy win. That's when you needed to win. I There's get it. There's no way you let the Jets walk out of Cleveland freaking first energy stadium with a win. And listen, their heads are going to roll on this shit. What well, if it comes what? down? Let me ask you something. What if it comes down at the end of the season, we miss the playoffs by a game? That would that would be that oh, game. You don't think there's going to be any retribution from the owner off of that, do you? Retribution. I believe there will be. I Dude. believe that heads will roll. Guys, I was in the cigar lounge and eight Jets fans walked in in Jets garb, and they're walking in and we're you know everybody booed them when they first came in. So after everybody settled down for a while, I went over and talked to them. You know, I asked them. I told, them, hey, hey, my my brother and I and his son, we do a podcast for the Browns. Thought you might be interested. And then he laughed and they said, you know, you guys gave us that game. You know, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say I went over and talked to him, and that's when everybody in the bar. Beat my ass. What are you talking to them for? <laughs> Let me tell you, them guys were way bigger than I was. No, that's all right. If, if everybody in the bar, the, you guys could have took them. Well, no, it wasn't a bar. It was a cigar lounge. Cigar bar. Well, there's no bar. No, you bring your own BYOB. Well, there you go. If there's liquor there, it's a bar. If, there's, if they're playing sports on the TV, I don't care if the place is serving it or not. It's a bar. <laughs> Good God. Um, a, it's not the uh, kind of bar that you have to pass a test for either. No. I just wanted to, no. I wanted to point something out, though. Um, yeah. We're talking about mismanagement. Didn't we have a game last year where our last drive, we lost the game? We lost this game, I'm pretty sure. Baker, and it just, we, it was like we didn't know what we were doing. The management just wasn't right. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Drive. I can't remember um, which one it was, but I remember it with clarity. How about that? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's weasel words. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. I that's remember how bad it was because it was commented. I mean, you know. Yeah, the Browns every get caught into this situation often. And it, I, I will tell you this. Kevin Stefanski needs to start being a head coach. Okay. This is not. I don't think it's an option. Somebody needs to step in. Andrew Barry, Jimmy Haslam, and they need to tell Kevin. Kevin. Let Van Pelt call the plays. You manage the game. Because no, honest to goodness, honest to goodness, and I'll be honest with you, I really, I was kind of behind Stefanski with play calling after week one. I thought he did a very good job. Oh, good, lots of good people pace. Are, there's, I've read some stuff. People are behind him even from the last game. I, I can't see it. There were too many head scratching play calls in that mm -hmm. game. 
Honest to goodness, I really I am with loud uh uh Jacoby Brissett for his execution of those plays. I think he did well. When he had to break and run, he did so. He had some impressive completions for Jacoby Brissett. Um but some of the some of the and again, down distance situation, it was like you're scratching your head. Why'd he call that play there? That just didn't really I'm s- I'm you still know. tired of first and second down throwing just because. Well, no, but with the Jets, high. with the Jets, you had to expect that. The Jets have one of the best run defenses in the league. Okay. As far as run defense goes, they're great. And they were loading the box on you. They weren't going to let you beat them with your running back. Okay. So they were, they were going to make you. So when you know that's happening, what you do is you try to go a little off schedule on them and get them out of their rhythm. Okay, I get that. But and it's just there's 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 too many times where I think that I I I I just remember when Kevin Stefanski was out and Van Pelt called the games, you know, on a couple of occasions where Stefanski was out with COVID and that happened. And I didn't see any downgrade in the play selection or calling of the games. If anything, it was a mild improvement. So I don't think we're gaining anything by him not allowing his offensive uh, coordinator to call the plays. And I think we are suffering because his focus is not on what it should be. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, on the subject of Brissett, um, I'm looking here, but that was close to one of his best Best ever games his for best his career. Yes. For his career. If you minus the fact that he had to throw that force pass at the end, mm-hmm. okay, that got the pick. It's, I mean, his best game of his career was 310 yards to two touchdowns, okay? I think his efficiency was probably better in that game. I don't have the, the uh, efficiency stats for that game he played with mm-hmm. the Colts, okay? But it was close to being one of his best games. Now, that game he played for the Colts was very – very similar. He's 22 of 27. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. So it was a pretty similar game. He threw for more. Um, no, that was the, that's the Browns game. I'm looking. Yeah. 22 of oh, so 27. I, I think, yeah. 22 of 27. Yeah. yeah. So that quite possibly. Dude, his game was so good that even with a pick, he got a 98.9 quarterback rating. Not even mad at that at all. Hey guys, quick interjection here off subject, but it is on quarterbacks. Did you hear about Jameis Winston? What about him? He fractured his back from L1 down to L4. Four separate fractures. Wow. Holy shit. I guess he's not going to be playing this next Sunday. I think that's season ending, dude. Yeah. Damn. Anyways. Holy shit. Ahead. Okay. No, Carry I, hadn't, on. I hadn't heard Ow. that. Uh, my back hurts Ow. now. I don't know I know, if right? I can continue. I don't know <laughs> if I can continue. Ow. Oh, and by the way, I'm I'm lying. His best his best game ever. He had threw four touchdowns in that game. Wow. Okay. But that's up there. That game was up there. That was he was at peak performance then. You know what I mean? I, you know, so that's do you really think that that's I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's not that he's a better quarterback than what we saw. I, I just think that that's just one step in improvement. I think that he can uh, grow. I'm going to put it this way. I'm going to put it this way. He is known for being a quarterback that takes care of the ball. To me, that game was nothing more. Jacoby Brissett made. He's not right. He's not going to turn it over. He, and, and he made the right decisions the whole game. 
Okay. There you go. The only real bad decision he made was the last one, and he had to force it. He wasn't. Oh, it wasn't yeah, really did, a choice it, it of was, his. It was. He had he, to. That play was either a completion. The game was over anyway. Right. Okay. I mean, if he doesn't complete that ball, the game was over. It was so over that when the Jets guy intercepted it, he just knelt the fuck down and said, "Yeah, it's over." Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if he completes that play, he has to get out of bounds, and we got we we would have been near the forty, but it would have been a longer kick than it would have been. It would have been. By the way, in the way things have been going for the Browns, they probably wouldn't have gotten out of bounds, or they wouldn't have spiked the ball in time. And they time clock would have ran out on them before they got the field goal off anyway. Anyway, okay, mm, yeah, so that's probably like, true. Yeah, that's more than likely yeah. true with everything else that had gone wrong. But again, and I I hope Miles Garrett learns from this one. I I don't listen, I think well, that Miles Garrett I said. think that Miles Garrett has the right to feel the way he did. Again, I say this well, yeah. often. I don't think he should say those things into microphones. Did did you hear what Batonio had to say? I don't give a shit. I was talking about no, Miles no. Garrett. Okay. No, I'm just saying. I'm talking about Miles Garrett right now. I don't care what Joel Batonio had to say. What Joel Batonio has to say has nothing to do with Miles Garrett. Was that's what I'm talking about now? Okay, I I, I probably did hear what Joel Batonio had to say, but Joel Batonio never would have come out and said, "I think the worst thing about the day was the fans booing." I can tell you that. Okay, he's been around the block a couple times and he knows better than that shit because you know what he understands. He understands that those fans pay for those tickets, which pays for my paycheck. Uh, no doubt. Okay. And those fans have the right to boo when they see a substandard product on the field. And that's exactly why I brought up what he said. Let's just check it out. Oh, yeah. I mean, they I understand that. But what we're ta- I'm talking about okay. Miles ahead, right now. Ahead, I'm ahead, talking about Miles and what he can learn and how he can grow from this situation. His unfortunate remarks that he made. He was in his feelings about hearing those boos. But had he been sitting out in the stand watching that shit, what would he have been doing? He'd have been, yeah, you know that. Okay. And that re- that requires empathy, doesn't it? <laughs> well, but what, it, what you have to understand is that the fans only have one way, one of two ways to directly communicate with the players while they're on the field, and that is to cheer them or boo them. When you see something bad, you boo. When you see something good, you cheer. Okay? It's just, That's uh, how it works. Yeah. <laughs> that is how so, it fucking works. Just to uh, continue what you said there, they spend their hard-earned money on supporting the team. They were frustrated and disappointed, just like we were. That game bothered me more than the fans, and that's what Joe said. Yeah, and that's great, and that's what Miles should have said. He should have talked yeah. to Joel Batonio before he got his ass in front of a microphone. <laughs> yeah, he sure did go off, though, didn't he? I mean, I'm like just Miles. saying, but that's that's what I'm saying. See. You keep thinking, you know, Miles has been with us for five years and you think there's growth because, I mean, he's gone from hitting quarterbacks over the head with a helmet, you know, to, you know, saying, hey, they booed me. They booed you because you guys just blew it like with the worst defense we've ever seen played like ever. Now, I will I, I will say this. OK, I do feel sometimes. 
um, this season and last season, some of our performances from our secondary has have it's, overshadowed the fact okay. that our defensive so line want, does play very good. You you take um, me right to my next point that I wanted to make with you guys. Okay. If you look at the cornerbacks that the Browns have drafted and or signed, these are all press guys from the SEC, okay? These are man press coverage guys. Why in the fuck are we playing zone defense at all? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, but that's that's on Joe Woods. And listen, the let's let let them blow some coverages on Thursday night. And the cries will become so loud that it will happen. Joe Woods will get fired. I'm just saying. I've never been. You've never even seen heard me on here. Crying about Joe Woods. I really don't do it much because, I mean, I see the players and it's always been kind of like, well, what are they doing? What are they supposed to and whatever? But that. I'm sorry. You got 40 that was a crime. Yards, we 40, were 50 yards and you a, play prevent defense. Uh, a crime of of dereliction of duty, man. I mean, this was terrible. That's how bad I it think, was. Remember, I was on the phone with you and I said to you, I'm going to have to sit here and watch this. I know what they're doing and I know what the result is going to be. And they're going to I'm going to he's going to sit here and make me watch this because he's going to keep doing it until they get to the red zone. Now, right. they didn't quite and, get to the red zone because they you scored and I before were, they got we, to the red zone. We started our conversation saying how fun it was going to be to do the podcast on Tuesday because, look, we're going to get to talk about this win. And then before we were done, it was like, oh, we're going to have some shit to talk about on Tuesday. <laughs> now, so. now I will say I keep saying until they got to the red zone. They didn't quite get to the red zone. That's right. They scored off the 15, was that, or something like that? Yes. Okay. So they didn't even quite get to the red zone. They were right outside. The you want you want to know what the difference a game like this can make? Remember last week when I, I told you guys how the Athletic had us like ranked number eleven in the power ranking? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. we're twenty one this week. We're twenty one. Okay. Wow. Same same people. Same poll. We dropped ten spaces. Okay, let me read to you what they say. And I don't agree with every word they say, but it's worth noting because there's a number of opinions on this, okay? But check this out. Cleveland Browns at 21. There was chatter in the aftermath of the Browns. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. There was chatter in the aftermath of the Browns' unlikely collapse that Nick Chubb could have ended the game had he slid instead of scoring the 12-yard touchdown that gave the Browns a 30-17 lead with 155 remaining. That's not really true. That's what they say, okay? Yes, the Jets were out of timeouts, but that play was the final one before the two-minute warning, so the clock was guaranteed to stop at least one more time. Okay, great. But here's my thing. Let's say you don't eat up all two minutes and you only leave them 15 seconds, right? Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, they're not going to throw a touchdown, get an onside kick, and then march downfield and score another touchdown in 15 seconds. Exactly. Okay, I'm just saying. So if you don't succeed in running out the Highly whole clock, unlikely. who gives a shit? Because even if even if you just kneel down four times and you turn the ball over on downs on your two-yard line, right? They got 98 yards to go. And I know right. that's a sore subject when it comes to Cleveland Browns fans. 98 yards to go, you think of the drive. but. Flacco, we made him look like he was still the MVP. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, look, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is the last time I'm going to stress it. I <clears> get <throat> it could have all been prevented, but a collapse like that and the fact that you're going to play prevent defense for half the field, that was going to show up later in the season anyway. The better we get it out of the way now, okay? <clears throat> so make no way. Because no other team, look, if Ravens had done that to us and just scored the touchdown like that, well, we'd have been, no, the Brown fans, oh, we got, we got to, we'd be like, that is fucking game's over, man. Okay. Right. No, I mean, that game's but, over. But check this out. So they go on to say, does this pedantry distract from the pain of that collapse in any way? No. Just don't blame Chubb. And I agree. Don't blame Chubb because he was supposed to be acting on instructions from his coach. Absent those instructions, he's going to do what a running back does, right? But this is blame whatever happened when Corey Davis was left all alone for a 66-yard touchdown two plays after the Chubb score. Or blame Kareem Hunt for running out of bounds on the play before Chubb's touchdown. Or focus on the failed onside kick recovery and the prevent defense that allowed Joe Flacco to go 53 yards for the winning touchdown. If you want to blame something, blame that. But don't blame Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Oh, hell no. Nick Chubb did what running backs do when they're given the ball. And he tried, as he tries to on everyone, is break a run. And if he sees daylight, he's going to go for the end zone, right? That is in the absence of instructions to do otherwise. The instructions to do otherwise were not forthcoming. Kevin Stefanski's already told us that he didn't instruct Chubb to go down. Why would Chubb take it into his own hands to go down against the instruction no. of his head coach? That just doesn't no. make sense. Right. It no. does. Okay. So don't blame <clears throat> Nick Chubb. Okay, and I know I finally did uh, forward you, Hugh, the video where uh, Booger McFarland was talking about it, though. And Booger McFarland made the sanest, most sober case for it. It's common sense football, guys. Right. It's just common sense football. Okay? This is a learning opportunity. The problem is, is that the Browns already knew how to do this. Let's go back to the 2020 season, and we're playing the Houston Texans. And we're up by, I can't even remember. I think we were up by three points. It wasn't even as much. But the clock was tight and they'd used all their timeouts. And Chubb, he did. He broke a run and, and Stefanski had instructed him to get the first down and then go down. Well, he went way past the first down and looked like he was going in for a touchdown and then ran out of bounds right before he got to the end zone. <laughs> On the instructions of his head coach. So this is... This is us having to relearn what we already knew. And to me, that's the travesty. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, <clears throat> it's a travesty of him not being aware enough. His mind, it, you know, you don't make a mistake like that if your mind is in the game. I'll put you it know? to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. This is like watching a basketball game, right? And you know how much time is on the clock or whatever. And you got a player out there and he doesn't go to call timeout when he picks up the loose ball, right? Right, right. Not aware, okay? So, on Chubb, right? But should have been instructed because you got a head coach that should have been calling that timeout too, right? Right, right. So, so, so you, it should be negated. The negating wasn't happening because the coach didn't instruct Chubb to do it, okay? Now, exactly. So, you got that one fault, but the next fault of the prevent defense is like, you're on the last shot now, they have to score a three-pointer, right? And they put all their three-pointer shooters on the floor and you put no defenders. I, I, I'll say you got, this. You got your guys out there that don't defend well and mm -hmm. everything else. You, I'll say, put, you haven't 
made the steps to defend what is in front. I'll say this as I've always said it. What the prevent defense does is prevent the team playing it from winning. Okay. That, that's true. Um, you know, a couple of guys I was talking to in the cigar lounge, though, they said this. And then when they used to play football, it says, just don't let anybody get behind you. Anything. You know what I mean? Well, like, the way the Browns play, played, you would have to say that's easier said than done. Okay. Hey, I'm just saying now we we got to look at this game book before because we've already been talking at this an hour, guys. Yeah. So let's so we, look at it real quick. When it comes to rushing, the Browns were um, they were not as prolific as you might have thought, again, because of the Jets running defense. But. Between the two backs, they actually handed the ball off exactly 30 times. 17 carries to Chubb, 13 to Hunt. Uh, Chubb had 87 yards for 5.1 a carry. Hunt had 58 <clears throat> yards at 4.5 a carry. Chubb, three touchdowns. Uh, we literally held the entire crew of the Jets to 93 yards. Okay. Uh, Joe Flacco had six of those. Okay. So they weren't, they weren't really doing a whole lot. Um, thing is, and you knew the jets knew they had very little chance to win. And you knew that when it was their second opportunity to punt, they faked it. They did a fake punt, pass the ball for a first down. You're not pulling those trick plays out of your ass unless you think you're going to need them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. Um, passing though, uh, Joe Flacco, 26 of 44 for 307 yards, a long of 66 and four touchdowns, count them for a quarterback rating of 110.7. Jacoby Brissett, 22 of 27. We talked about it for 229, a touchdown, a long of 30 and that damn pick for a quarterback rating of 98.9. Amari Cooper, man. Nine catches on 10 targets for 101 yards, an average of 11.2 a catch, a long of 20, and a TD. But again, one off shit wipes wipes out all those attaboys. And Amari Cooper came out himself and said, you know, that onside kick, that was my play to make, and I didn't make it. I let the team down. And and I agree with you, Amari. We agree with you, but, I mean, you you should take responsibility. But – one note, and, and mm-hmm. this is something that you and I have talked about at length. Chubb should be getting that at least 20, if not 25 times, and then 15 times. Well, for, on, uh, a, on a matter of general practice, Chubb, Chubb or whoever your bell cow back is on the day should get 20 right. carries. Okay. Right. 20 is the magic number for a running back. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why it's 20. I just know that it is. Okay. Now, um, on the other side with passing, that rookie Wilson, he's a danger because he had eight catches for 102 yards. Mm. Uh, long oh, of wow. 12 point, I mean, an average of 12.8 a catch and 31 for a long and two TDs, including the game winner, guys. And I tell you, you go back and look at that game winning. Joe Flacco split them doggone safeties like he was in his MVP year. But you give a guy a little steam, okay, and see what he can come up with, and that's what you get. I really like Bjorkas, Bohorkas, or whatever his name is, our punter. Yeah, yeah. he had three punts. He had three punts for 156 yards. 
Did you look at the average? Okay, listen, he had three punts for 156 yards, an average of 52, a net of 46, and a long of 63. Two of them inside to 20. If you can't ask for better numbers from a punter, dude, I the 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 his legs like they're I just it's insane how big his legs are, man. I was like, damn, dude. Okay, now the stats that matter, and or in this case, I should say that should have mattered. Twenty nine first downs to twenty. Okay, we had twelve by rushing, fifteen by passing. Very balanced, a little higher on the pass than you'd like to see, but again. The Jets run defense. They had 16 by passing, only three first downs by rushing against us. Third down efficiency, they were eight for 15, 53.3%. The Browns were eight for 12, 66.7%, dude. These are winning numbers. I wanted to, all the way down the list, we got winning numbers. Fourth down efficiency, we did not go for it on fourth down, one might note. And I think that's a nice. Indication that that's an indication that Stefanski is maybe maturing in some aspects of his game. I was just gonna say that. Yep, yeah, but they went for it once on fourth down and they got it. I'll just tell you that. Okay, (laughs) um, now time of possession again. There's the Browns 32 minutes and 14 seconds, 27 46. Okay, goal to goal efficiency. We were two for three. 67%. 67%. Problem is the Jets were two for two. 100%. Uh, okay. Red zone efficiency. We were four for five, 80%. Numbers you want to see, they were only three for four, 75%. So in the majority of the numbers that matter, except for the one that matters most, final score, we won this game. We tended. Okay. And I got one more thing to say about the Browns, and this is a bright side. Are you are you familiar with the stat that's called EPA as it relates to football? No, that's expected points added. Okay, and this is okay. a, this is an analytical statistic. If you're looking for good news, the Browns' offense put up 1.98 EPA per drive per True Media, the second best performance of the entire week. No, wow. <clears throat> That's I, I great. Guess, that's kind of what I was saying. I mean, it's it's If you don't fuck it up at the end efficient. of the game, you know, that's they had a winning combination except for you know, listen, there's a reason why these games are 60 minutes long. And why you can be good for 58 minutes and suck for two and lose the game. I mean, the 60 minutes how, of football, baby. 60 yeah. minutes of football. It overshadows how good Jacoby Percent actually. It really yeah, did. And really but did. but I will say this, and this is a highly critical statement of mine, but I was noticing it throughout the game. The fucking secondary. They suck. I keep hearing announcers and everybody tell me that the Browns have one of the better secondaries in the league. I can't tell. I couldn't. You couldn't tell me from the first two games I've seen him play. I want to <laughs> just point say. out one more, one more thing on the subject of Brissett. We do have to understand this. This performance from Brissett 
Do I think it could get a little bit better? I could see him possibly having a maybe a game or two this season, maybe a little bit better than he played. Okay, but and I, I think that's we probably have to, the peak of what we're going to get from him. We I think, can't lose games that he plays. That I way. think what we have to watch for with the Browns, and I can't tell you how this is going to go. They could bounce back this week, or they could fall apart. Yes, they could. I'm, I mean, this is this really. We've this already is, got this, our our. Our spine-breaking game is already this could out. be the this could be where you look back and you say, well, where did the downward spiral start? And it would be at a minute fifty-five left in the second We've, week. Okay. We have got our spine-breaking game very early. They can either well, thrust there's off of this definitely or, a whole lot more importance uh, placed upon this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I, and, and I will tell you this now to make you feel a little better from a comparative standpoint: the Browns are still tied for first place. In the AFC North, three-way tie with the right. uh, Ravens, Browns, and Steelers. When in the in the poor poor Bengals, they're zero and two. Okay, you know, uh, quick Ravens Dolphins. Was that more about the Ravens faltering than the Dolphins, or the Dolphins that good now? Well, the well, Dolphins offensively are that good. The Dolphins offensively are that good. Yeah. Okay, Lamar mean, played a hell of a game. They just couldn't keep up with them. Well, that Lamar a played a hell of a game, but but again, if you look at how wide open some of them Dolphins receivers were in those last few drives, <laughs> you you know they're probably saying the same thing about their defensive coordinator. And by the way, you know they don't have the defensive coordinator that they've had for the last five seasons. Wink Martindale is gone. Okay, oh, and so they're they're dealing with another guy, but. But his secondary scheme doesn't look to be very effective against the guy that can. And and listen, the new head coach, who, who by the way came from the San Francisco 49ers, I can't remember his name. It's something crazy like Mike Davis or something like that. Just real common name. This this guy, and he he looks like he could be you if you were younger. He's not. He didn't look like he may even ever have played football. Okay, I'm sure he did somewhere, but he's just. I played dude. football. He's just a dude, okay? He really looks like just a dude, just some young dude, right? But he he said, he's bragging on his quarterback when he came in. He said, most accurate arm in the league, okay? That's what he had to say about Tua, okay? And listen, that's what uh, the Cheetah said, and we were, like, more accurate than uh, Mahomes, and we were laughing at that, and I'm like, maybe it ain't so laughable. Well, you heard you heard what uh, what's his name come on the re- the receiver that they lost to the Dolphins. The Chiefs did what's his Bell? Yeah, uh, he he was basically he says I got a wheelbarrow going out to the coach, and I got a wheelbarrow going out to uh, Tua because they're both going to need it to 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 carry all that money that they're going to make after this season. Okay, right, <laughs> right. I'm just saying. It's good to say. How old is uh, Tua, by the way? He's young. He's young kid. He's under 25. Yeah, that's, under that's, 25. that's good. Good for him, man. It's good to see him doing good. Especially after being injured his first. I'm not so worried about the first year, or did he just not? Um, he got injured. Well, he, he, there were so many times he was out of the lineup just because the coach benched him and started Fitzpatrick instead. So it's it's hard to tell if it was all injury. You know, okay. Because him and Flores had a stormy relationship. Let's just say that. <laughs> True. Because in the midst of having Tua, Flores was making noise about wanting to trade for Deshaun Watson. Okay. So 
I don't know how you could have this kid. This because when you can take a kid out of college with the kind of arm talent that he has, and then mold him and make a quarterback out of him, that's what you want. Because then he's yours. And Trevor well, Lawrence, you know, Trevor Lawrence is looking pretty good for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Yeah. I mean, they only beat the Colts, but they zipped them, buddy. They zipped them. But there were plenty of comebacks. And um, again, the Dolphins comeback against the Ravens was an impressive thing. But did you watch that Cardinals game? Man, that was something else. Tyler Murray looks like he's worth the money. Yeah, he had a Dude, really the way he player. came back in the amount of time that he came back. Yeah. Gee, oh man, that yeah, was that see, was look, amazing. It was fun to watch. Talking about these other quarterbacks, that's kind of the point I was making though. We the game that Brissett played, we have to win that game. That if he's going to play that way yeah, on that if he's, game, we're not we're not guaranteed to you get You really owe it to this guy to win to when he puts up that kind of a game because yeah, that is yeah. That is at that that that's the upper level. That's his ceiling, guys. You're not getting better than that from him. Because listen, if you could get better than that from Brissett, what what do you need Watson for? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, honestly, if we could get better than what we got from him last game, that's that's not even a lie. Yeah, I mean, because we're supposed to be expecting that kind of game to be enough so that we can win. Remember, this was supposed to be going into this season to win as much as we can. Can we get enough from Brissett? Yeah. Brissett's sitting here like, well, I gave you enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, you know, I gave you enough to win and we still didn't win. I mean, J- Jacoby Brissett I mean, needs to be cussing Joe Wood's ass out. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I gave you enough. I mean, like the whole thing on the whole member, our whole offseason has been, can Brissett do it? Can Brissett do it? Brissett has come out and he's like, I gave you more than enough. Okay. So, so, so we were on the Cardinals for a minute. Uh, so I just want to ask, are the Raiders as bad as their own two record? No, the Raiders had a meltdown just like we did. Right. I mean, if you and, watch that game, they had a freaking meltdown. And here's, here's the thing. The Raiders are in a place where they can live up to or live down right now kind of just like the Browns. The Browns the Browns could fall apart on us. The season could be over. Honestly. Or Don't they could or, or they could bounce back and and this could be, you know, the start of something really them coming together. Okay? But yeah, I, I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't give you warm fuzzies and it doesn't feel or sound like they're in the right direction when you got some guys standing up taking responsibilities and other guys trying to reflect deflect it. Okay, because it doesn't sound like the team's on the same page. Okay, now I will say this to the Raiders defense on their meltdown. I mean, the way Arizona played it, they darn near stopped Arizona in the red zone. Okay, I'll point that out. They stopped them, stopped them, stopped them. And Kyler Murray finally made a play. Okay, But they Arizona held on to the ball so long. Okay, their offense was off the field for eight minutes. I think they said it was ridiculous. So they came on and then they their offense sort of had a meltdown where the offense just wouldn't make them. They couldn't do anything. Um, they, yeah. And again, I mean, fourth quarter comebacks big, is whatever. normally the territory of Derek Carr. Right. But off the field for eight minutes, it's like, OK. And he, well. he still, even though you had all the fourth quarter comebacks that you had on Sunday, Derek Carr still uh, in the last Five years of football 
has the most fourth quarter comebacks of any active quarterback playing the game. Yeah. It just didn't happen for him on Sunday. It did not. And the it's offense, unfortunate because it happened have... in their home stadium in Vegas. Yeah. And, and it, <clears throat> listen, maybe the owner knew something because he chose to go to the WNBA game instead of watch his team play the Cardinals. Really? Yes. Are you serious? I'm serious, yes. Are you serious? Yes, Al Davis' son was at the WNBA game, not the Raiders game. Ooh, dude, that's a faux pas, isn't it? I, I mean, like, he owns the team. He can do what the fuck he wants. Apparently, that dude, I would, that's okay, whatever. Wow, that's crazy. And how about them Guardians? Look. The twins, the twins came to town for a five-game five set. The twins came to town for a five-game set, which they could have really made inroads on the lead that the that the Guardians had over them. Okay, but what happened is the Guardians swept them, dudes. We kicked booty, and 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 now the pretty much Minnesota doesn't have a chance to get into it. The problem is because because of some of the success of other. American League teams that even though the guards are probably going to win their division, they're still going to have to host a wild card. Yeah, that's kind of how it sounds like. What? What? Explain that one. <laughs> because one of the division winners has to hold a wild card. The lowest division winner holds hosts the wild card. And you're not going to catch the Yanks, and you're not going to catch the uh, who is it in the West? Is it the Anaheim Angels? Who the fuck is it? I can't remember, but whoever it is, you're not going to catch them. Okay. It's just plain and simple. So, I mean, and I might have the teams wrong. Maybe it's the Red Sox that are, that the Indians aren't going to catch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the teams that have a better record than the Guardians. Okay. So it's the, it's the Yanks on the East. And Astros on the West. It's the Astros in the West. Okay. All right. And two teams, the Mariners in the West still have a better record than us and the Blue Jays. In the right. Seven. But the one thing is good is the wild card series, which it'll be a three game series this year. It just won't be a one game playoff. Okay. Yeah. All three games will be in Cleveland. They'll host the entire thing. Right. Even though, I mean, we're definitely winning the, the lesser of the, the, um, Unless and, and unless the Guardians fall apart, okay, you're looking at postseason, but you have to get through a wild card series to get to the to get to the they're, divisional round. They're they're so. up four games, so they are up a decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're up, yeah, up four I tell you what, man, they're looking good. That's all I can say. Astros are way ahead. Yeah, they're just they've been kicking ass all year long. Um, and I don't even follow baseball. And yeah, I, I haven't been following that. baseball. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I'm to be honest, I haven't followed Cleveland baseball since they 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 gutted them. Oh, no, guys, the scale, predictions. Time scale tone f- it's time. Predictions. <clears throat> Thursday night, um, Steelers at First Energy Stadium. Who wins? Um, the Browns. I'm gonna pick the Browns, but what's um, your I'm score? gonna say. Uh, my score, oh, man, I'm going to go 28-21. We win by a touchdown. Okay. Um, we're gonna, possibly going to be missing two guys on the defensive line, whatever. I think we are going to have to play 
fundamental defense, I don't think we'll just stop them because of those reasons I just said, but play fundamental defense so we can stop them when we need, when we really need to or can, okay? And our offense is going to have to be on point. You know, I'll so tell I, you this. I what I don't want to see points. the Browns do definitely with Garrett mm-hmm. and Clowney out, and I may not want to see them do it even once they come back in. Every time they've sent the house, the secondary is so bad, it's an automatic completed pass. I mean, they're not even, man, they're not even messing with the guys at the line at all. Like there's, wow. No, but I'm talking about when you send everybody on a blitz, when you send everybody on a blitz, you're supposed to have some guys that are going to be there to catch the ball that was rushed out of there. Okay. Or at least to cover the guy that's trying to catch it. And that's just not been happening. No. So what's your prediction, Hugh? Well, I I think they're gonna I think they're gonna take this time what little time it is and fix what we had seen in the defensive backfield in the last two games. I, I I'm gonna they're gonna win twenty eight. Well, today 17. today was the only full practice they'll have this week. So whatever they're going to fix, it's either fixed or it's not getting fixed. I just feel like it's going to be a game we have to score points. I don't think there's going to be defense played much by either team. Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you this. I got I got the final being 17 to 13 Browns win. Okay. Okay. I mean, that that could happen too. I mean, we I could be wrong. It ends up being both of them end up playing defense because both offenses just couldn't do it. I mean, I just got this feeling. In I think it's going to be a rough game. Yeah, you know, that's why I said I think this point's going to be. This is, a, this is one of those divisional games that, that I mean, it's always a good game. You know, it's like it's one just one of those games. Well, let me just be honest with the world here. I can't tell you it's always a good game. It's just recently that it started to be a good game again. And it, it, listen, for if, if I have to go in the last seven years or the last 10 years, it's only the last two years that I felt like we even had a chance when the Steelers came to town because outside of that, and you go back as far as you can fucking remember, all that was, was, Oh, the Steelers are coming to town to kick our ass this week. (laughs) Hey, you're not supposed to say that in public. (laughs) I'm just saying, man. I mean, you know, so, you know, it's, it ain't been that damn long that we had a roster that, you see, and all I want is this roster one time, just one fucking time to go out and live up to their billing. Yeah, I got everybody well, telling me how good the Cleveland Browns roster is, and I get, I get, I get there on game day watching them and saying, "Where's this fucking good roster I've been hearing about?" <laughs> Where's the guys at? Yeah, don't we have some guys? <laughs> I heard we, we got with dude, dude, we got some guys. They look kind of clueless in the defensive backfield, though. Oh God, just terrible. Anyway, so that's it. That that's it for today, guys. We'll be talking again, and we're going to do the podcast on, say, Saturday evening, okay? So we'll get it out of the way, okay? Right. And then we can, you know, we watch the rest of the week of football and be done with it. We'll already have talked about the Browns, and hopefully hopefully we don't have to be back here talking about what we didn't see them do right, okay? Yeah. Because that's my sincere (laughs) hope and desire. So in the meantime, in the in-between time, it's time for me to start this music and get us out the door. Oh, my gosh. Let's just hope 
that the Browns take it serious. Get out of their little hurt feelings because somebody booed at them. And uh, get it together and work as a team. Down. Distance. Situation. Get it right, boys. Yeah, baby. This has been TBF of Browns Fans Podcast. And until we talk to you again, that's right, in the meantime, the mean... In the meantime, the in-between time, and until it's that time, this is Paul, Q, and Jeff for TBF, a Browns fans podcast saying, we're out. This has been a Basement Tapes production. Yeah.